0: Listener-supported WNYC Studios.
1: Um, do you have a queer movie that, like, really resonated with you or that you remember in your life? The Incredible Adventures of Two Girls in Love.
2: It was, what, I'm a cheerleader?
1: Uh, broke back Mountain.
2: I really liked my beautiful launderette. Imagine Me and You. All the lawn
0: orders are my seminal TV shows.
2: Inappropriate behavior. I have to put in a good word for the L word, which is incredibly imperfect. I think we need the Q word. From WNYC Studios, you're listening to Nancy.
1: With your hosts, Tobin Lowe and Kathy Tu okay kai hey kai hi colleague
2: at wnyc tell us this story
3: well i sat down one day me and my boyfriend had a, a new friend who was over our house you know and he's in his early 20s and he is sort of newly gay and he's a person of color, and he was like, oh, let's watch a movie. And we were like, oh, yeah, there's all these gay movies you need to be educated on that he didn't know about. We started talking about this, you know, the gay 90s, and he's like, what's that? What's that? What's that? And we were like, young man, (laughs) sit down. We are going to show you, and you know where you need to start? Particularly as a young man of color, you need to see punks. And I go to the television, and we've got all these apps and all of these streaming services, and I thought, certainly I can just pull up any of these movies. And I couldn't find Punks anywhere. I couldn't find it. Punks was a movie made by a black gay man, full of black gay people, about being black and gay and in love and the foibles thereof.
0: Resistance!
2: This is the trailer for Punks and I've now watched it online about seven times.
1: Well, if upon meeting me, a man is not instantly bowled over by my beauty, And he's clearly heterosexual.
2: And as trailers go, it gives very little plot away. Actually, no plot. From what I can gather, it involves some drama with drag queens and photography and modeling and other things.
1: Uh, Kathy, this is not helpful. I know. Okay, Kai, can you help us out here? Like, what is punks about? You know, here's the thing. I couldn't tell you. (laughs)
3: I do not, I haven't, so I was, I. this is sadly a great many years ago in my life, uh, and I have, it's one of those things where I have an emotional memory of it more than I do a factual memory of it, right? And so, basically, I remember it as, you know, sex in the city with black gay men, and there's one of each, you know, there's, like, the sassy queen, there's the hot muscle boy, there's the, like, butch Guy, you know, there's four of them, and they're best friends, and they're in Los Angeles, and they are sorting out life and love. And I'm pretty sure one of them starts dating a straight boy, I want to say. Um, and hilarity ensues from there. But I honestly cannot tell you what it was about. When I was a young gay, in my 20s, I had come out. I lived in Washington, D.C., and I was diving it. I mean, I dove in headfirst to being gay. I was like, I'm gonna figure out how to be gay, this is gonna be fun, this is gonna be wonderful. I moved to a gay neighborhood, it was a largely white gay neighborhood. Uh, I became a professional homosexual, I went to work for a gay newspaper, Like, and I was in it, I was loving it. And sort of at the peak of that, this thing started where there all these movies started coming out that were like romantic comedies about gays, and they were like being played in theaters. The Howard Brackett from Greenleaf, Indiana.
4: Oh a bombshell is about to drop. And he's gay.
3: And I was loving that, and then I got to a point where I looked up and I was like, these movies, while wonderful, I mean, are just relentlessly white. Just relentlessly white.
4: I look like a straight man to you. I'd need to meet him before I dare subject him to my gaydar.
3: I mean, they're not just any old white, but, you know, I mean... Just like the white boy.
4: Trick, a story about two guys trying to make it in the big city.
3: And, uh, and it just started to turn for me. What was wonderful became really alienating. And um, in the middle of that, along comes punks. And it just, it changed a lot for me about my relationship to the gay community at that time. My most striking memory of Punks is that when it played again, I lived in D.C., which like was this really, you know, I mean, it was a big gay town in the 90s, still is, but really was then, but quite, quite segregated. You know, I mean, there was like the black gay community and the white gay community. And then when Punks came out and it was at the gay film festival that year, and again, I just have an emotional memory (laughs) of this room full of this just rainbow of black queer people you know, um, of classes and styles and walks of life. And we were all there.
1: So that night when you couldn't find punks with your friend. I got alarmed, you know, that this history has disappeared. Like, I literally
3: blurted out, they're erasing us. The, our the history. Our history is being taken off of the internet. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that meant intellectually, but I immediately was convinced there was some kind of conspiracy, and then I assumed it was ac- the economy of it. You know that like we didn't register meaningfully enough to like count to get streamed somewhere. You know, like who cares about this movie? You guys aren't a market, and so no one. Did the thing you gotta do to serve this
1: market.
2: Tobin, when Kai told us this, I was like, we've gotta figure this out.
1: Uh huh. I think I see where you're going. We're on the same wavelength. Uh huh. Kathy, you love to dig into the corners of the internet. <laughs> Get on your hands and knees and do an army crawl under the barbed wire of improbability as you search after the golden idol of finding the thing you're looking for. I've gotten lost in
2: this (laughs) metaphor.
1: (laughs) You love a hunt.
2: All of those things are true. (laughs) And if something important to me, like Sayzina, disappeared... You better believe I'd go out there and I would find that you thing. You would
1: freak the hell out and you would find it.
2: Okay, I'm gonna find this movie.
3: I have nothing but faith. I have nothing but faith.
2: All right, so here's some preliminary intel. Punks was written and directed by Patrick E. M. Polk. You may know him as the guy who created Noah's Ark, which is like this black gay L word. Anyway, Punks was produced by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds.
1: Like the babyface? Like, uh, every time I close (laughs) my eyes. That babyface?
2: Yes, that babyface. And fun fact, Mariah Carey and Kenny G are both on that song. Oh
1: my god, it's like the 90s in a blender.
2: Okay, anyway. I started by checking all the streaming sites. Not that I didn't believe Kai, but you know, we just, we gotta check. I even checked some illegal streaming sites, and there was nothing. Then I scanned Amazon and eBay and Craigslist to see if anyone was selling a copy. Nobody was. I then emailed film festivals that screen Punks at some point to see if they kept a copy, and they did not.
1: What about like ye old video store? Hello, video tech. Have you got around to the file video? Can I help you?
2: Um, I'm wondering if you have this movie called Punks available. No, nah, I'm not
4: seeing it. I'm so sorry. Nah, yeah, but don't carry it.
2: Uh, Next, I turn to libraries, and I mean all kinds of libraries. GLBT Historical Society Archives. Hi, Patricia. My name is Kathy, and I am
1: looking for a movie. Too
4: reference. How can i to help you.
2: Library of Congress. Oh, well, we
4: don't
2: have it. We have three things.
4: UCLA. Yeah, not at all, so...
2: And USC's One Archive. Uh,
4: was it Urban World Films? Does that...
2: Oh yes, uh, I think he was, they were the distributor.
4: Okay, then we do have it.
2: <gasps> you have it? Yeah. Is it possible to check it out or like? No,
4: you can come here and view it. All of our not we're a non-lending library. I see. Okay. Yeah.
2: How would I get a copy of that?
4: I wonder. Let's see. Hold on one second. Let me go a little deeper here. Here's the filmmaker. Da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Oh, da, da, da. Uh, there's his personal website. Oh, no, his personal website does not exist anymore. Poor dude. Where is he? Oh, he's on Instagram.
2: Oh, is this Patrick Ian Polk you're talking about?
4: Yeah, I would try contacting, go on Instagram and send him a message.
2: (laughs) 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 I will do that.
4: Stranger things have happened by
1: doing that.
2: All right, thank you so much. Okay, good luck. Bye.
1: Bye. Coming up, Kathy is on the hunt for Patrick Ian Polk, because if she finds him...
2: We find out what happened to punks and hopefully find a copy that's not stuck in a library in Los Angeles.
1: Kathy, I want to tell you about one of my actual favorite podcasts, Las Culturistas.
2: You talk about that show all the time.
1: Yeah, it's like hanging out with your smartest, funnest, most pop culture savvy friends. It's hosted by Bowen Yang. You might know him from SNL or Nora from Queens. And Matt Rogers of Game Show and our cartoon president.
2: Love them.
1: Each week, they interview an amazing guest about the pop culture that shaped their life. And they do this hilarious thing where you can rant about a piece of culture that frustrates you. Mine would be speaking only roles in musicals.
2: Okay. Episodes are released every Wednesday. Listen and subscribe to Lost Culturistas on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm at the One Archive at USC in Los Angeles. It's a bright two-story building with stacks and stacks of LGBTQ materials. And Mike, the archivist, takes a break from tending the front desk to take me upstairs into a room that looks like a storage closet. 31-46, 3146 and yep. we're being we're incredibly lucky today. Oh my god, here we go. Oh my god. Oh my god. I am holding a VHS of punk's in my hand right now.
1: You did it. You found punk's.
2: Well, there's no way for me to borrow this.
1: There is no way for you to borrow
4: this, unfortunately. <sighs> Sorry.
2: So I failed. But at least I got to watch the movie at the library.
1: Oh, so you can at least answer what Punks is about.
2: I can. Punks is about a group of friends. There's Marcus... Hill, Dante, and Chris. Okay. Marcus is a photographer. He's a really sweet guy who becomes friends with his new neighbor, Darby, (laughs) who's straight. But, you know, there's like a crush situation. Oh, no. It's cute. And Hill is single again after his boyfriend cheats on him. So he's sort of sleeping around. Okay. Dante is the playboy of the group. And Chris does these amazing drag shows as Crystal, the head of an ensemble called The Sisters. Ah. And they do performances only to Sister Sledge songs. We are family. Get up and now the trailer makes sense.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. There's a lot happening in punks.
2: And I wanna say, like, I think the movie holds up. I mean, it's still a romantic comedy, so it's got all, like, the, the awkward romantic comedy vibes, like, you know, the music.
1: I love a harmony that's just up a third.
2: I don't know what that means.
1: It's a very 90s thing that's like, just up
2: here. <laughs> that's lovely, Tobin. Thank you. Okay, but, like, in the world of rom-coms, I think Punks is a solid film. And the fact that it's disappeared from the world is pretty unfair, given that all the other rom-coms in the world get to survive, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, why not Punks?
1: Right, and so I'm guessing maybe Patrick Ian Polk has the answer to that. So, did you find him?
2: Okay, so Patrick is not the easiest person to find in the world. He's very busy being a writer on TV shows like Being Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's got stuff to do.
1: Yeah, but, like, isn't his info a Google search away?
2: No. (laughs) No, Tobin. That's not how that works. I had to email a few different companies to see if anybody had his contact info. They did not. So, finally, I did resort to sending him a message on Instagram, like that librarian suggested.
1: So what happened?
2: He didn't get back to me. (laughs) Whap, whap. But... (laughs) I did find an article written about him from a couple years ago during the Oscar So White backlash. Mm. So I reached out to the reporter who wrote the article. His name is Travel Anderson. And he passed along Patrick's email address. <laughs> so I then sent over a carefully crafted, non-stocky email. And finally...
0: I'm Patrick Ian Polk. I'm a filmmaker, writer, director.
2: So it's taken me a while to find you, but I found you, and I pulled you into the studio with me because I've got some questions for you. Okay. Okay, so just to start, how did Punks come about, and how did Babyface get involved?
0: So Punks was my first film. I was hired by um, Babyface and his wife, Tracy Edmonds, at their production company. But I was also quietly kind of writing and working on my own stuff.
2: So this is the late 90s, and at some point, Patrick got the opportunity to pass along the script for punks to Babyface and Tracy.
0: So I gave them the script, and they went off on holiday, and I thought I kept thinking, they're going to read the script, and they're going to say no, because it's, you know, they're going to, it's just no, this is never going to happen. Yeah. But they came back, and they said that over the course of this holiday vacation on this boat— The script had changed hands. Everyone had read the script. The grandmother, the aunt, the cousin, the brother, the whole family had the script, and they loved it. They thought it was just the funniest thing, so they were in. So we shot the film. Uh, They financed the film, and, uh, you know, 35-millimeter film. And then we uh, submitted to Sundance, and we got in. Uh, And so all the gay film festivals wanted the film. We opened and closed almost every film festival we were in, so it was, like, everywhere. I went all over the world.
2: So that's when Kai saw it, when it was this celebrated gay film. and won a few awards, like at L.A. Outfest and the Black Reel Awards. But then, for reasons I will get into later, the film pulled a disappearing act.
0: Ooh, suspense.
2: So, so the film right now is sort of in a limbo where it—
0: The film is in a vault. In a vault. Just sitting in a vault.
2: And do you personally have a copy of, of Punk's?
0: I do have a copy, yeah.
2: What are the chances that I can borrow a copy from you? <laughs>
0: uh, I'll have to figure out how to yeah, make that happen. I can, I'll i fi- figure it out. It's not going to be necessarily the easiest thing to do. Because, really? Well, the copy that I have, I have like a film copy. Oh. Like a big, heavy I film see. copy. I see. But I'll, I'll figure it out. We can make. We can definitely make it happen.
1: So, did we get a copy for Kai?
2: After we talked, I felt like Patrick was starting to ghost me a little bit. But also, he's busy being a writer and producer, and I'm just here bugging him about this old film.
1: I feel like you are you are preparing me for disappointment, like you didn't get a copy from him.
2: Well... Hi hey Rachel, in. Nice to meet you. you I meet up with Rachel, Patrick's assistant, at this incredible building in LA. This looks like a hotel. And there is a William Randolph, her suite, from when he had a suite here. Okay,
0: so now you okay. have to bear with me while I pick through his keys. All right. That sounds good. In
2: from Patrick's storage room, Rachel pulls out
0: It's not, not heavy.
2: Something that was apparently very heavy. Oh. The master film copy of Punks. You did it. You found punks. Congratulations. Thank you, you, Tobin. This means that Kai is about to see punks for the first time in almost two decades. We tell him to meet us at this theater in the East Village called Anthology.
3: I'm a little nervous nervous. if the truth is told. It's a trip to my past. Like, I don't know. What if it sucks? I don't
0: (laughs) think it's gonna suck. I was like, why did I? Why was I so into that?
3: I think it's kind of gangster that you guys found the original. Truly,
1: when we started this, I was like, oh, well, she's going to find, like, 20 promotional DVDs or something. <laughs> but truly, we are in a rented theater with the one thirty-five 35-millimeter copy. copy. Here we go. Here
4: we go. Oh, oh my God, this is so
3: exciting. <laughs> oh, please don't suck.
2: <laughs> For the next hour and a half, whenever I look over at Kai, he is nothing but delighted.
3: Aww. It's the sex in the city, but black and gay.
2: He's telling us little tidbits about the film.
3: I feel like there was a lot of like photographer themes. I think it's just an excuse to have like half-naked people.
2: And just loving it. A hand Get out the <laughs> and the music is amazing. There's just Sister Sledge hit, after Sister Sledge hit, after Sister Sledge hit. Oh, wait, did he not pay for any
3: of
1: this music? Wait, is that the key to what happened to punks?
2: Yeah, so this is what Patrick told me.
0: You know, it was a gay black film, and we're talking about the year 2000. I mean, you know how kind of it's still kind of taboo in certain things in in pop culture, but back then, it it was a different time. Um, So no major distributors made offers on the film. We got no sort of major offers. Ended up signing a distribution deal with a small black distributor. We found out that the distributor did not pay... For the music clearances for the Such a Sledge music, the seven songs that we used, and like the the producers who paid for the film are like, we're not going to put any money, you know. And then time goes on, and then you know people forget, and then you just move on and do other things.
2: I called the founder of Urban Wolf Films. They were the distributor, and he said that those music rights would have cost millions of dollars, and they just couldn't afford it. So the film never got real distribution.
1: Oh my god, that's so frustrating. I know.
2: It's a nice soundtrack,
3: though. Quick reactions. My thoughts are, this is a really funny movie. This is a very, very funny movie, and I'm glad that it is still a very, very funny movie. This is a movie full of really good-looking people. True. Oh, yes. (laughs) And and I, it's also like it still resonates with me as a unique thing. It's as for me personally, I'm not even talking about like in the world and what's necessary and be and what we should have out there. I'm just talking about for Kai Wright personally watching it, still resonated with me emotionally as something I need to see and don't. That like Mm -hmm. there were all of these black gay men who were in community and who I could who I could relate to who live lives like I lead my life, you know. I mean, with less attractiveness and, you know, not (laughs) quite as fabulous, but like that are just doing normal stuff and falling in love and having fights and being hoes when they feel like it, Mm -hmm. and sometimes being positive, you know, and like none of it being a thing. And that still hit me as something, as a breath of fresh air, as something I needed to see on a screen in
1: 2018. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you what stuck out to me. For like 0.5 seconds, I was annoyed with the fact that the lead was so attractive and everyone was treating him like he was a dumpy nerd. And then it was like, <laughs> right. but wait, this gets to be problematic in the same way that all rom-coms are problematic.
3: <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly it. It gets to be problematic. It's the genre of rom-coms has many built-in problems, and that is one of them. That's right. Yeah. Right.
2: That's great. So how do you feel now knowing that the real reason why punks isn't around anymore is kind of silly? It's like It has to do with music rights.
3: I'm trying to figure out how to feel about it because— <laughs> On one hand, I feel away because I'm like, really, girl, like you can't I mean, come on <laughs> Like that was the long range vision here was built in failure, you know? <laughs> and I so I feel that way about it to be honest. But then I also am like, you know, I'm thinking back to that era. I'm thinking back to that time. And, like, the way, like, we have to just make our own stuff, you know, and I have friends who have made movies. They didn't think about those kind of things, maybe. Maybe they did. I don't know. But, you know, uh, also, like, it's kind of punk, as it were, (laughs) um, that they were just like, look, we're making the movie and we're going to take these tracks and that's what's going to be great.
1: There is like a funky moral to the story here, which is that none of us would be in a studio right now agonizing over music rights and stuff if they just made more of them. (laughs) That's right. That's true. true. If this
3: wasn't the last one in 19, what, 99, you know, um, then
1: maybe we wouldn't have this issue. That's WNYC's Kai Wright.
2: All right, credits producer Matt Collette sound
1: designer Jeremy Bloom editor
2: Jenny Lawton
1: executive producer Paula Schumann I'm Tobin Lowe
2: I'm Kathy too. and
1: Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios
2: But great music in this film though, I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One would say too great. Perhaps.
4: Oh. <laughs> oh. oh.